I would rather be barefoot all the time. So, um, yeah, right? And I got a pedicure yesterday, so I'm like, why not show off my, my feet? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, good morning. Happy New Year. I'm trying to, let me figure this out. So today, we are starting off the new year like we do every year uh, with Intimacy. It is our series that we're going to be going through in January. So if you've been with us for a while, you will know that that is something, I think it's been about four years. I know this because the first time I ever preached was on Intimacy, and it was about four years ago, and uh, it scared the heck out of me. I had no idea what I was getting into. Uh, but something alive has, something's come alive in me um, throughout the four years. And so being able to speak uh, is one of my passions. And to be able to speak about intimacy is my greatest passion. It is the ministry of my heart. It is, um, it's what my heart beats for. And the reason why that is is because I've been impacted by intimacy with the Lord. I've been encountered by his heart. And so uh, we're going to talk about that this year or this month. And the reason why we do this as well is because we believe it's foundational in our faith. We believe as believers that when we walk in intimacy, everything of God flows out of us. He wants to meet us intimately. He wants to know us. And so um, we're going to dive into that this, this uh, month for a few weeks. And so I have the next two weeks that I'm going to be talking about it. And, you know, I've wrestled around a little bit about, like, what am I going to share? Because many of you um, have probably heard my story, but there might be quite a few that haven't. And I was like, oh, man, do I share my story again? Do I really, like, share what, what God's done in my life? Because people are going to get sick of my story. And every time I tried to take it out of my message, the Lord was like, no, this is your story. This is something that I use as a tool to share intimacy with others. And so if you've heard my story, just tune in because God has something more for you today. He really does. Even if you are walking in intimacy, you've got it down. You understand what intimacy is about. You have a relationship with the Lord that's super tight and you know him. That's okay because he still has more for you. It's not just those that don't have intimacy with the Lord that need to hear this message. I believe that this is for all of us. So this week, I'm going to share a little bit about my story. And then um, next week, I felt like the Lord just was saying, how do we sustain intimacy with the Lord? So um, I'm going to be sharing about that next week. But you know, I've known the Lord my whole life. And um, the thing about that is knowing the Lord and walking in intimacy are two totally different things. I don't think that we've, we have understood that. At least I didn't understand that. I thought, well, this is what it is. I'm going to know the Lord. I, I've, I met him at a very young age, and so I know him. But what I didn't ever know was that there was so much more that the Lord had for me in, in our relationship. And so... Um, just starting off a little bit about my life and about who I am. I am one of the, the, um, the team members here, and I, I do teach on a regular basis. I also do the administration for the church here, and um, I'm the event planner, and I, I don't know. I do everything here. So if you have a question, I can answer that for you because I, I do. I, I know. But, um, but something that you might not know about me is that I am in my 40s. And I am single, and I've never been married. 
And I don't know if you've ever met somebody. I, I might be a rare breed, but uh, you know, that's okay. But, I, you know, I think I, I, it's, it's hard to find people that are in their 40s that have never been married. So I take the prize for that one. Um, but the thing that I have learned as I have uh, walked this through, and you're going to hear my story and, and my struggle and, and how the Lord has met me in this, is God is very present in my life. And the thing that I have learned in this journey is that he is the one that can truly satisfy my heart. And uh, lately we've been singing a song, it's called You Satisfy. And some of the lines in this song say, you satisfy everything that this heart can need. It is who you are. And it says, you satisfy my heart every time I'm with you. And then this is the best one. Every time I'm with you, I never leave empty. See, these are powerful lyrics, and I wrote on Facebook last night, they're the ones that have been going through my mind as I've been preparing this message. But I wonder, like, as we've sang this song in the last few weeks, I wonder if, if we were to really look at our heart, if we were to really have a conversation with the Lord and get honest, like get really raw honest with us and the Lord, would we really be able to say that that's true in our life? that God truly does satisfy me, that I am not empty because he is with me. See, we sing these songs and they're amazing and we have an amazing worship team and I love it, but I want us to look at what we're singing because it's serious. We don't just sing words just because it sounds really good and they put it together really well. We sing these words because we want them to be true. And I think that if I, if I were to ask you to raise your hand, which I won't, but if I were to ask you to raise your hand and say, you know, I think most of us would say, yeah, he doesn't really satisfy me, but I want him to. I think the desire of our heart is that God would be everything to us. We've learned to say he is enough, but to know he's enough in the depths of our soul, in our heart, that's a different story. So often we go through life putting people in that place of what satisfies us. We, we put our spouse or our kids or maybe it's your job. That's what satisfies you. It, it brings you life. You know, or, or, you know, there's those things of pain, and so you need something to satisfy you in those places of pain. So we go to different things. There's a lot of stuff that we can reach out to. There's alcohol. There's, there's drugs. There's pornography. There's shopping. We can do all these things. It might not be bad, but we're letting something try and satisfy us for the moment instead of it being a place that God wants to fill and we allow him into We were made for intimate relationship with the Lord, for deep connection with him. See, he is a personal God, and we've talked about it all during December. We talked about Emmanuel, God with us, where he's not far off, and he's longing and, and desires intimate, deep relationship with every single one of us. And last week, Ryan talked about how this is a year of victory, and we walk in victory as we steward our hearts toward intimacy. So it's good that we say this, like we talk about intimacy and we teach about intimacy, but what does it mean and what does it look like? How do we get there? That's what I want to talk about today. That's a reason why I'm going to share my story. 
I'm going to tell you a bit of how I found intimacy, and it's not a how-to. I've done this a lot. I've, I've shared my story for the last few years, and a lot of times people go, oh, okay, I need to do that too, and then that's how I'm going to get it, and that's not it. This is my story. I don't know what yours looks like, but as I share it, I really believe that the Lord's going to spark something in you that's going to, you're going to be like, I need that. God, how do I get that? I want to know you intimately. I want you to be in every part of my heart. As long as I can remember, being married has been a dream and a desire of my heart. So you can imagine that as I've gotten older that it's been a huge struggle in my life. All my, my, my marks, you know, of, okay, by this time. Okay, by this time. Okay, now I'm celebrating my 30th birthday. Oh, dear goodness. Right? And then it just kept getting harder and harder. And it's, it's this thing that I've had to just keep giving to the Lord and going, I don't understand. If you're God and you know that this is my heart's desire, why do you withhold this from me? That's very disappointing, as you can imagine. I was raised in the church, and uh, so throughout life, you know, you're at church Sunday mornings, Sunday nights, Wednesday nights, you're in Sunday school. I know all the Sunday mornings, you know, Sunday school stories. I went to church camp. I got baptized at a church picnic in a river. I, was, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit when I was super young. I, I know what it is to be a Christian, I know what it is to walk with the Lord. I was 23 years old when the, my pastor handed me a youth group and said, here you go. And I said, how do I do this? And he's like, I don't know, here's a book. And I was like, okay, now I'm the youth pastor. I knew what it was like to walk with the Lord and to, to teach about him, but there was a limit of where I would let God go and where we went in our relationship. Something was missing, and I always struggled, and, and I felt empty. I don't know if you can relate, but I, I felt empty. My whole life, I felt empty. I would always be like, man, there's got to be more. And I would search for it, and I would think, well, it's marriage. That's what it is. We're all created to be married, right? That's the goal of my life. And so I always thought marriage is going to be it, and when I get married, then this emptiness that I feel is going to go away but I'm the lucky one that he hasn't allowed that to happen yet. And it's not because he doesn't love me. I really think that the longing in my heart to be married was just something that I, I felt like, okay, that's going to answer all those things that I've been waiting for. But when marriage didn't come, then I started searching for something to fill it. So I would, I would reach out to these relationships that I had. I, I had a lot of guy friends because, you know, that's the thing I was missing. And so I would reach out to these relationships and I would pull them in as tight as possible and hold on and not let them go until I sucked the life out of them and then they wanted to leave. <laughs> they were like, I got nothing else for you. We're just friends. <laughs> I'd be like, yeah, I know. Or they'd go and get married and they'd find somebody. And again, I would be left empty and alone and struggling and thinking, what the heck, why not me? Like I said, my relationship with the Lord was as deep as I would let it be. See, he was, he was God who I would go to when I needed help, when I needed an answer. 
He was God when I needed comfort. You know, Holy Spirit's our comforter, so I would reach out for comfort. He was my healer, so anytime I was sick, I would go to him for healing. But to be completely surrendered and open to God with my whole heart, well, that wasn't happening. Because there were a lot of places in my life that I had shut off, that were hurt, pain had happened throughout my childhood. And so I shut those things off, and I didn't even go in there. So to let God have access to those places, it wasn't even possible. I just gave him as much as I could get, or I'd give with him. And that was where we were. So to set up the story of where God took me, I need to read about the Israelites in the Bible and, and tell you just a little bit about them, because it has a part to do with how I met the Lord See, the Israelites, they're God's people, and they had lived in slavery for over 300 years in Egypt. And we know the story. You know, God sent Moses in, the sea parted, they came out, they're all happy, everything's good, they're headed towards the promised land, and then they started grumbling because, oh, we don't have any water. God, you're, you're, why did you leave us out here to die? And so God provides water. And then we're hungry. And so God, we would be better back in slavery. And, you know, we've heard this story back and forth. And so there was a point where God wanted to talk to the Israelites. He wanted to have a relationship with them and not just talk through Moses to them. He wanted to make a covenant with them. He wanted to talk and to, to, to have conversation with his people. But see, this freaked the Israelites out. They didn't want this. It says, when Moses told them what God said about meeting them on this mountain, it says this in Exodus 20, verse 18. When the people saw the thunder and lightning and heard the trumpet and saw the mountain and smoke, they trembled with fear and they stayed at a distance and said to Moses, speak to us and we will listen, but do not have God speak to us or we will die. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. And the people remained at a distance while Moses approached the thick darkness where God was. See, they made a choice in that moment for Moses to be the one that speaks to them for God. They didn't want to talk to God one-on-one, -on -one, even though that was his desire. That was his heart. He wanted relationship with his people. But they said, you know what, Moses, we're afraid of that, so we're going to stay over here, and you tell us what God says, and we'll do it, because we want to obey, but we don't want to have any contact with God, because we might die if that happens. But see, God is constantly pursuing each and every one of us, and instead of us having a personal relationship with God, a lot of times we do stay at a distance and we stay in a comfortable space with God. This is good here. You know, we get words from people, we hear messages on Sunday, but to really let it change our hearts and to do something in us, that's a little scary. So we just kind of keep God at a distance and say, you know, I'm doing good. I'm doing what I know I need to do. But having a covenant, intimate relationship with God, that kind of freaks us out sometimes. But see, he won't ever stop pursuing you for that because it is the desire of his heart to have intimacy with every single one of us. 
the God of the universe, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, wants to talk to you personally. And he wants to tell you about himself and about how much he loves you and about his, who he sees you to be. He wants to know what's going on in your life. He wants to walk with you throughout the day and it not just be, uh, I had my devotions in the morning time. See, I was good at having a relationship with the Lord that was pretty comfortable. I was good at talking to him in the mornings. I was the, I was the one that would get up in the mornings and do my devotions because at a very young age, I learned that that was important. So I wrote in my journal and I, I read the word and I heard God. I, I heard his voice. I knew him. But I did keep him at a distance because I wasn't even... I wasn't even serious with myself. I wasn't even going into those places in my heart. But God kept pursuing me because his desire is always intimacy. And I, I would hear about intimacy from people. I would hear their messages. And I, it was when I moved here. And I, I, it drove me crazy because I was like, I don't understand that. You know, I would be around people that were very content in their life. And they were lovers of God. And I would be like, what must that be like? It's one of the reasons why I moved here, because I saw that evident in Ryan and Kate. And I was like, I want that. My heart is so hungry for that truth. I want this place in my heart that's empty and, and dying inside. I want it to be filled by the Lord, but I don't know how to get there. I was on a search to fill that heart, that empty heart place. And so a few years back, um, it was probably about five years ago, I was in another friendship, you know, a really good friend. And honestly, we were really just good friends. And it took that, that sting of being alone away. And it filled a place in my heart for a while. And uh, we were inseparable. We talked all the time. We hung out all the time. So it was nice until they met someone. And then the time that I had with them was shorter and shorter because they had met someone and they were now going to get married. And it, as I heard that they were getting married, I remember sitting in the lobby and just looking at Ryan and Kate and going, are you serious? But the thing I didn't realize was this was the best gift God could have ever given me. See, I came into the office one day totally broken and just at the end of myself. And just like, I can't do it anymore. I was almost 40 years old, and I was just like, I can't do it. And I remember just whining to Andy and him saying, you know, you need to probably take some time off, and you need to go and deal with this and process it with the Lord and hear what he has to say. And I was like, yeah, no, I got too much to do. Thanks for that. Good, good call, but I don't know that I want to hear what God has to say. And then... Uh, Garris, being a father of this house, an, an amazing spiritual father to us, he uh, came into my office, he shut the door, he got down on his knee, and he said, I don't know what's going on with you, but God stopped me as I was on a hike this morning and told me to get in here and to tell you whatever it is he wants to meet with you about it. And you need to go, and you need to spend some time with him, and you need to get this worked out. And you need to get some breakthrough in this. And he said, this will be the direction of the ministry of your life if you do this. 
but it is your choice. See, and in that moment, I had a choice to say, you know, I've got so much to do. I'm so busy. We're always busy. We always have things to do. But our heart is the most important thing. See, so I had a choice in that moment, and so I got in my car crying, and I locked myself in my room for a few days. And I thought, okay, this is going to be about me telling God what's up. (laughs) I'm going to tell God how I feel, why I'm angry at him, why he's disappointed me. It's all about me not being married. This is all it's about. I'm not married. My My only problem I have in life. That's what I, I mean, that's where my mind was. And luckily God is like, yeah, right. It's not even about that. See, God is God and he, he has something even bigger for us. And, you know, just like the Israelites, he wanted to talk to me and have a conversation with me. He wanted to make a covenant with me. So I cried all the way home. I cried in my room. I, I, I turned on um, some messages. I, I had learned at such a young age of how to fill that emptiness in my heart. And God was in this place of saying, enough's enough. Let me in there. Let me meet you in every area of your heart. Let's open those doors that have been shut for so many years and let me get in there. He invited me into a conversation that opened me up where I had been closed off. And he, um, as I was watching, I would think I was watching Danny Silk. And uh, he, I just, I remember the Lord talking to me about a relationship with him, with God himself. And he said, I want you to turn to Hosea too. And so I was like, okay, Hosea too. So you can turn there if you want, because we're going to read there in a second. But you see, the Israelites, they were God's people, and they wanted, he, they, he wanted relationship with them. But the thing that they kept doing as they were on their way to the promised land was they kept worshiping other idols. They kept allowing other things to satisfy them, and then it would disappoint them, and then they would go and say, God, forgive us, please forgive us, and make sacrifices, and then God would be like, I'm right here. I'm with you, and then they do it again, and it was over and over and over in their life. And it was the story of my life as well. As I was reading through it, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like the Israelites. I'm doing what they did. I'm putting other people up on this pedestal, and God's down here, and I only go to him when I need him. And he's saying, please, just let me be what satisfies your heart. So Hosea, it's a book about a man that, um, who loved the Lord. And it says in verse 2 of chapter 1 that God said this to, to Hosea, Go and marry a promiscuous woman and have children with her. For like an adulterous wife, this land is guilty of unfaithfulness to the Lord. If you have never read Redeeming Love by Francine Rivers, I'm telling you that is a book that you should read. It is all about the book of Hosea in fiction form, but it is, it's pretty thick, but it's amazing. I read it once a year. So see, God, he was having Hosea marry a woman who's unfaithful, and he's saying, just like an adulterous wife, just like this woman that is unfaithful to you, is what the Israelites are to me. They are unfaithful to me. 
And as I was reading through that, I realized, oh my goodness, I have become her as well. I have been unfaithful to you, God. I've known you my whole life, but you have never been the one for me. You have never been the person that I allow to fill that area of my heart. So the Lord, he asked me to read chapter 2. So I, I started reading chapter 2, and when I got to verse 14, it's when my whole life changed. See, God's always drawing us to himself, and, and when we, even when we push him away, he still is going to draw us. You're never going to get away from him because he wants intimate relationship with you. So in verse 14, it says this, Therefore, I'm now going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. There I will give her back her vineyards, and I will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the days she came up out of Egypt. You see, she's, he's talking about Israel, but he's talking about us. In verse 16 says, In that day, declares the Lord, You will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. Can't read that without crying. What an amazing invitation from the Lord. When I read that, it literally took my breath away. I've never, I was like, whoa. It was like this revelation of God's love just came and just was like, let me fill that spot in your heart. I have never had that spot filled in my heart before. And in that moment, everything changed for me. He desires intimate, loving relationship with every single one of us, as intimate as a husband and a wife. And so often we look to him as a master in the sky that we need to obey, and he's a far-off God, but he wants us to know him as a husband knows his bride. See, that song, every time, it, that, that line that I read earlier, every time I'm with you, I never leave empty. See, that is the truth. Someone that wrote that song actually experienced that. And I want you to look at your life and think, man, have I ever experienced that, truly experienced the intimacy of the Lord where I'm not empty? So often we put other things and other people in those places and we're getting ripped off. Because if we're really honest, there's no other person that can ever fill that spot for you. They will always fail because they are human. And we put these high expectations on them and we think that marriage is the goal a lot of times. And we think, man, I'm going to be so satisfied when this happens. But then you hear about marriages that are struggling because the person that they're with is not being what they need them to be. We need to go into marriage knowing you're not going to do any, you know, like, yeah, you probably will meet some of my needs, but you're not going to meet all of my needs. God completely satisfies me, and you are a gift to me. You are not someone that's going to fulfill my needs and satisfy me all the time. He wants intimate relationship with every single one of us right now. And he wants us to stop filling our life with other things and running from conversation with him. 
He wants us to stop looking to our spouse or our kids or whatever it is and look to him because he can satisfy us. See, my life will never be the same since that day in my room. And I can even get married and I will never go back to that place of being empty because it's a daily choice. And I'm going to talk about that next year or next week, but it is a daily choice that I have to have intimate relationship with the Lord. It's not just a one-time encounter. That day, I fully surrendered my life to him, and I encountered his heart, and he satisfied me. And I just, I want us to go back to those question, that question that I asked where, you know, if you sing that song that says, God, you completely satisfy me, does he really? Are you empty trying to get your needs met and filling it with so many other things? See, we, we start this new year and we, we look at, oh, I'm going to make all these goals and I'm going to do all these things, and they're all great things, but nothing's going to change unless you have intimacy with the Lord. That's where life flows out of. And you're always going to be seeking to fill that area of your heart until you meet him in that place. And as I was preparing this message, I felt like the Lord said, you guys can come up, but I just, I felt like the Lord said that, uh, that we were going to have a DTR with him. And I don't know if you know what a DTR is, <laughs> but it's a define the relationship. Okay, couples do it when they're getting together and they're like, okay, we're more than friends right now. We need to have a conversation. What's going on? Where are we going? And I felt like the Lord said, I'm going to have a DTR with my kids. And today, it's the first Sunday of the month. It's the first Sunday of the year. We're walking into a brand new year where I believe that promises are going to be fulfilled. I believe that breakthroughs are going to take place. I believe that relationships are going to be healed. I believe that we are going to be full of his presence in our life. And we are going to change this valley by who he is in us. But it's going to take us getting really honest with the, with the Lord and saying, you know what, God, let's define our relationship. Where are we? No, I haven't opened my whole life to you, and I want to. I don't know what it's going to look like for you. For me, he had to basically take Garrus in and say, hey, go deal with this. Right? That was, I was at the end of myself. Don't get there. Don't come to the end of yourself. So we have communion around, and uh, it's there, and then I've got one back there. And I, I want you, this is between you and God, not anybody else. If you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want you to go and get communion in a second. And I want you to have a conversation with the Lord. See, he wants to make a covenant with you. Everything will change in your life if you allow him in that place. And I don't think that this is just going to be a one-time moment for you here. I really believe that this is going to take you where you're going to have to be like, okay, God, today I need to encounter you. See, I'm not whole all the time, and I'm not doing great all the time. Even just this last week, I was like hit, and I, got, I was crying for hours. I was struggling through the fact that I'm not married. Because it still is a desire of my heart. 
But I was like, God, why is this affecting me? What's going on with me and you first? See, I don't think that he's just going to take away all of our pain and struggle, but he is going to walk with us in those things. And he met me in my closet just on Monday or Tuesday. He met me. And I was like, we're good, yeah? And he's like, well, there's this. And so I had to just get some things in alignment with him. This is a choice we get to make every single day. So as they play this song, I want you to go and get communion, and I want you just to spend some time with the Lord. And then I'll come back up and close it.